Hi, guys. Sean and I have some exciting news. Uh, we have created official Twitter and Instagram accounts for the Oh, Mr. Sheffield podcast. It is at Oh, Mr. Chef pod on both platforms. And that is Oh, Mr. Chef with two Fs. So Oh, Mr. Chef pod. Check it out. Follow us. It's going to have all the latest and greatest from us about this show. Um, and we hope you like it. Now enjoy the episode. The Flushing Girl from Flushing, the nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. Welcome back to another episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield, a podcast where we discuss uh, the hit 90s sitcom The Nanny, starring Fran Drescher. I am Shondi Pasquale, here with... Toria Sheffield. That's right. No relation to the titular Mr. Sheffield. She is not cool enough to be that rich. Uh, and <laughs> this week, we are talking about episode 10. This is also episode 10 of our podcast. So yay, we made <gasps> yay. it to episode 10. What is a 10-year anniversary gift? Is uh, it like silver? Let or me like, Google. Like bronze? 10-year It's like the bronze. Anyway, while she, while she looks that up, this episode is called The Nanny-in-Law. And uh, I love this episode for many, many reasons. Um, but the short uh, uh, summary is this is the episode where um, Mr. Sheffield's childhood nanny comes to visit uh, the household. And um, Fran gets very nervous that she's not a, a traditional enough nanny uh, because the nanny that comes to visit, played by the always hilarious and incomparable Cloris Leachman uh, is a very traditional, uh, severe kind of woman. Mm -hmm. Also, 10-year anniversary is 10. FYI. It's our 10 episode. I don't even know what... What do, we, what do you even get for tin? Tinfoil, um, baby. I'm going uh, to send you a big tinfoil ball. We are, we are recording in our tinfoil hacks, uh, <laughs> but that is a usual for us. Um, also, Cloris Leachman just died in January. I know. And, and she, I read this, um, has was nominated – oh, no, she won eight primetime Emmys was yeah. nominated 22 times, making her the most nominated and along with Julia, Julia, ugh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, the most awarded actress in Emmy history. I um, I worked with Cloris Leachman. I was very lucky. She came and she did a guest spot on this show, Franklin and Bash, that I worked on. <clears throat> it was like Mark Paul Gossler and Breckenmeyer played like attorneys. And mm-hmm. it was like a, you know, a, an hour long comedy basically. Uh, and, uh, and Cloris Leachman, we did an episode that was like, again, classic tropey. We did like a haunted Halloween episode where the attorneys had to go investigate this. They got, a, they got hired by this person who owned this house that was supposedly haunted. And, and then they're trying to prove whether or not it's really haunted or not. And then um, Cloris Leachman played this like old like Romani woman, like, like, like fortune teller type lady Mm. and, um, was hilarious. Like did almost did the same accent that she's doing in this episode and was just like so funny and like so spry. And so I, I, I have like an affinity for her just cause I got to meet her personally and she was dope. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, and so she plays Nanny Mueller in this episode. And it's so weird because this, so she has this very thick German accent um, yeah. as Nanny Mueller. And like the second she walked in the door, I knew she was going to have an accent. I, yeah, of I don't know why. Um, but so the quickly well, the accent's, the accent's uh, very Frau Brucher, you know, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 
<laughs> like, that's what she's doing. She's she's doing Frau Brucher from from Young Frank. You know, it's it's. Yes. Would you like some cocoa? <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, I'm good. Are you sure? How about the hot tea? <laughs> yes, yes. And so, but the the interesting thing right off the bat from this episode is, you know, we set up that she's coming to visit, and Mr. Sheffield's like very nervous, and then we also set up that we, we find out that Niles has known Mr. Sheffield since he was a baby. Okay, I want to get into that i want to i want to there's a lot to unpack there i guess i should real quickly though i I forgot to mention this episode was written by dennis co-written by dennis drake and eve alhert um they went on to write legally blonde too and then it was directed by this guy paul miller who did a whole bunch of stuff in like the 90s bunch of tv and sitcoms and he did the ben stiller show and alf and and then for the last i want to say decade he directed every single awards show on the face of the earth and oh, wow. Saturday night live Christmas specials every year. And so he really shifted into like live wow. TV kind of stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's who made this episode. Mm-hmm. Let's dive in. And and that was my first note as well, which was how is it possible that Niles remembers Mr. Sheffield's first word <laughs> Is he supposed to be 80 years old? That was what I wrote in my notes. So I had the same thing. And I was like, and these actors are only 10 years apart. But then it's clarified later in the episode that he was the butler's son. So clearly his father was the butler in Mr. Sheffield's household when Mr. Sheffield was growing up. And as the butler's son, he must have lived in the household and just sort of been a member of the staff sort of his entire life, which is very sad sad and odd when you think about it but that's how it used to that is the thing is that's how it used to be but this would have been in like the 60s so when i say this is how it used to be i'm talking like the turn of the century and before um but hey i guess they were a very traditional household so 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 niles is remembering mr sheffield's first word as like he was a child growing up with mr sheffield yes like still very much the hell like a teenager like he would have been 10. Yeah, he would have been 12 years old and the butler's son. Because then another thing that we reveal in this episode is that he has a relationship with Cloris Leachman's nanny. <clears throat> Wait, no, with with yeah. Nanny Bueller, played with by Nanny Cloris. Bueller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, well, we find yeah, which I guess would imply that he was what 15, 16 having a relationship. That would be like if if Fran had a relationship with Brighton. I mean, it's it wouldn't be quite that bad, but it would have been bad because, yes, she was like they, they established that. So basically, so Franny Mueller comes. She's this very severe woman. She makes instantly makes Fran feel a little inadequate. And then we yeah, we find out that I think I think, you know. Fran is not Fran. Sorry, Niles is bringing Nanny Mueller's bags up to her room and she's like, oh, thank you, Niles. Like and then he's like, ah. So you remember me. And she's like, how could I have forgotten? And we found we find out that they had this very gross, like sexual relationship when, yeah, he must have been a teenager and she must have been about 30. And that like clearly she was like his first sexual experience and awakening. Um, 
and they they're still very much you know that that charge is still there between them uh which was unexpected honestly very unexpected it's a it's a and i i i can only assume that partially it had to be motivated by the fact they have made multiple gay jokes about him but haven't shown him in any kind of relationship at all so i wonder if this was them being like oh we got to get an episode in there where we make it clear he's like a straight man I don't I don't even think it was that calculated. Like I think I think that a this was this episode, the series was written at a time when unfortunately you just you assumed people were straight unless otherwise clarified and so they wouldn't have thought oh we should clarify that about Niles. They also already made that Victoria's secret joke about him. I think they just thought it would be like a fun funny thing to do even though again we're like ew that's like he was abused he was was abused he was groomed (laughs) by this woman (laughs) um but so you know like the central conflict of this episode is that Fran, like, nanny Mueller, nanny Mueller is very disapproving of Fran as a nanny. She is like, you know, Fran has no formal training. She's clearly much too, um, sort of like lenient on the children. Um, the stuff that she allows to go on, Nanny Mueller never would yeah. have allowed to go on in her household. We also established that she also um, doesn't wear a, an, uh, a maid's outfit. They established that not only, not only should she be wearing a maid's outfit, but that, like, we also meet other maids that I guess Fran knows that are all wearing <laughs> maids' outfits, um, <clears throat> and so yeah, so it's like it's 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 it is highlighted in this episode that it's very unusual that Fran is like the, not wearing some kind of uniform, and that Fran eats with the family. Nanny Mueller's also very disapproving of that, um, and basically, you know, Fran at one point goes into talk to Mister into to talk to Mr. Sheffield and is like, you know, she's, she's kind of encroaching on my turf. Like she's trying to like undermine me with your kids. Um, And Mr. Sheffield dismisses her and is sort of like, oh no, you know, in fact, maybe you could learn a thing or two um, from her. Uh, She's, you know, she's a very experienced woman. And that's actually when we have that weird scene where we see Fran at a park uh, while Gracie's clearly off playing and she's sitting around all with these other nannies who she clearly knows, even though we had never established that this was like a part of her life or routine before. No, and- 10 episodes in, we've never even established that she knows other nannies, let alone that she's friendly with them enough that she's unloading all of her problems onto them. Well, it's yeah. such a weird scene. But I also think it is very accurate because it is true that a lot of times, especially in places like New York, when a lot of families hire nannies, those women, often women, you know, they take the kids to the playground and they're mostly talking to other nannies. They're not talking to other moms. No, I Um, mean, it makes sense. And it's interesting that they haven't used it more, I guess, is, is really, you go like, oh yeah, why haven't they done more of this? You know? Yes. But well, so the other nannies are all like, you know, um, much more traditional, typical seeming nannies than Fran. And basically while she's trying to complain about this one, you know, the women all sort of not shake their heads knowingly and go never come between a man and his nanny like you will lose and yeah. and there's very much the like nanny as mother parallel throughout this whole episode absolutely you know it's also called like nanny in law which brings up this whole other thing that is like a running gag which is like basically that rich kids who have nannies like really don't know their parents because cc yeah. also you know, she talks so lovingly about her childhood nanny and, you know, Mr. Sheffield's talking about nanny Mueller. And at one point Fran goes, 
Like, what were what were your parents doing? And both Cece and Mr. Sheffield think, and they go, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, their yeah. parents were just not involved in their lives, which is a running theme in the show. And one of the things that Fran, you know, fixes in in this series is that like <clears throat> she really drives home the fact that like he has to be there for the kids and they have to spend more time together as a family and that he has to be involved in their lives. Um, they also name this is the first time we we learn that Cece's sister is named BB and her mother no her sister is named Dee and her mother is named BB mm-hmm. <laughs> and her nanny was named Bobo. <laughs> Which I don't even get what the joke's supposed to be there, except that it's just like another two syllable name, I guess. It's just silly. It's just silly. silliness. Um, yeah, but it's so true. She a had lot Nanny of, Bobo. <laughs> Nanny Bobo. And a lot of um you know, a lot of um wealthy women they, they do have that is a trope of that culture where it's like your name is like muffin, um uh Gigi, uh Yeah, Buffy. Buffy, Buffy is yeah, is literally yeah. uh yeah. A, a common sort of waspy nickname. The, Tori. The... No. <laughs> this um, episode also solidified Maggie is 14 years old. She is supposed to be a 14-year-old girl, which I found very odd. I thought she was like 16. Well, yeah, they, they mentioned her as 14 before, but for some reason I have assumed they had aged her up. But no, she's still 14. Which, it, I don't know, there's a lot of, like, boy dating relationship stuff for 14, isn't there? I agree. I mean, maybe, that, maybe that's some families. Maybe we're overprotective. I don't <laughs> I mean, like, I didn't start getting interested in girls until about 13, 14. And, like, I feel like I wasn't at the point where I was, like, dating, though. You know what I mean? I just was like, oh, girls exist, I guess. Well, and little Jimmy Marston seems like he's at least 18. 46 years old. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, he seems much too old for a 14-year-old. He would be, I think in this world, he's got to be at least 17 or 18 because he's in New York trying to act and he has all these part-time jobs. Yes. And it's like, don't you go to school? And it's like, so he must be 17, 18. And then it's like, why are they okay with him dating a 14-year-old girl? It, and encouraging it. It's all it's all very odd. I guess these were all okay things in 1994. Maybe, hey, maybe we'll get maybe we'll get one day a real like long term producer of this show on, and maybe we'll find we'll ask out a lot of questions. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, this is the stuff we'll ask them about. <laughs> I would love to get a long. I mean, I feel like we could probably get a producer of this show. Producer yeah, writer. and just really iron out the detail of. Of what Maggie, they were thinking. <laughs> um, you know, back to the episode. Yeah. Fran's um, way of reacting to all of this pressure that like I'm not a proper nanny is to basically do a 180. And she yeah. shows up the next day at breakfast in a full nanny uniform. Yeah. She insists on taking her breakfast in the other room, even though they're like, no, 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 no. Like, please join us. Please join us. She's like, no, no, no. Like, I'm I'm a proper nanny. Um, and it's almost like she's doing this to prove a point rather than to act. Be, you she know, is. Rather than, yeah. It, it's not that she's actually been reformed or is trying to, quote, do it the right way. Yeah, she's 100% doing everything out of spite. Yeah. Like, it's, it's completely spiteful. She puts on the most fuddy-duddy outfit – She's like very cold when she comes in. She's very removed. And and she's I, I what's weird is it, I mean, I guess it makes sense because it's like she's not really doing it to spite 
the other nanny, she's doing it to sort of like, it, like you said, like teach Mr. Sheffield the lesson, like to be like, here, this is the world that you would live in if I was the way that this nanny is that you're so pleased with. Mm-hmm, um, exactly. And it, it is awkward. Everyone, everyone in the kit, you know, everyone at the dinner table like responds to it, like as like, this is weird. Um, yeah. And I mean, um, but ultimately effective because, you know. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, literally, it ta- Mr. Sheffield breaks after literally like a day. You know, then yeah. it cuts to that night. Fran is sitting in the kitchen, like, like knitting something or doing something very like conventionally nanny and like sort of singing like, whoa, is me. And he comes down the stairs in his pajamas and he's like, oh, he's like, you know, Miss Fine, like, stop wearing that ridiculous outfit. Like, stop it. I, I, I like the way you are, um, which is almost very similar to that, um, country club, uh, debutante episode like a similar Absolutely. arc where he's like you know if, if he's like if i wanted a conventional nanny i would have hired a conventional nanny i want you right. um and he basically says that like he will talk to nanny mueller the next day and yeah. he will ask her to leave at which point they hear a squeal from upstairs <laughs> this was also and- such a weird <laughs> <laughs> so weird well for okay so it's basically they're like wait is that nanny mueller and they're like and Niles, they run into the butler's pantry as Niles and Nanny Mueller come down the stairs. And I wrote, they're being so loud for two people That's trying what, to Dude, screen. I wrote the same note. I wrote, why are they running around the kitchen laughing and screaming? It's so, I wrote, my note was weirdly aggressive romance and bold. <laughs> like, yes, they're like, you know, literally about to like have have each other on the kitchen counter kind dude, of thing. and it's like, why? It, like, it's not their house. It, and it also seemed very out of character for these two very professional people to be like, oh, everyone's asleep. I guess we can fuck in the kitchen now. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I mean, the I whole guess. thing is just gross just because so it gross. just feels gross. It feels, but it's it funny because Mr. Sheffield feels the exact same way. He's like, he's basically like, oh my God, I never want to think about Nanny Mueller, you know, yeah. having sex. And then, you know, Fran is like, yeah, it's like, she her line is literally, yeah, I mean, it's like imagining your parents having sex. Thank God mine never did. <laughs> um and this leads to, you know, the the big climactic moment. It's it's the next morning at breakfast again. And Fran walks in and she's wearing her normal clothes and she sits down at breakfast just like she's a member of the family as always. And Nanny Mueller kind of makes a dig at her and is like, oh, I see you're back to your old ways. Um, I also quickly have a note that says, what juice are they drinking? Because did you notice they all have what looks like Hawaiian punch? It doesn't yes. look like any juice that you would drink no. for breakfast. It looks like I, just gross Hawaiian punch that like the set set deck was like, well, we got Hawaiian punch. <laughs> it was it's really it was, what it looks like. It doesn't even look like cranberry juice. It's straight no. up Hawaiian punch. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it probably is. It's literally probably from craft services table. They were like, oh, just fill their glasses up with wine punch. But so anyway, so, you know, Miss uh, Nanny Mueller makes a side comment at Fran, at which point you think Mr. Sheffield is going to say, Nanny Mueller, you've, you've actually outstayed your welcome. Um, yeah. Oh, and I guess we should establish the fact that when they're talking this out the night before, Mr. Sheffield and Fran, she's like, well, you know, if if this is getting to be too much and she's kind of encroaching too much on our lives, just ask her to leave. And he's like, I could never, like, she raised me. I feel too guilty. Yeah. Um, but he resolves that he, the result, he, he says he will do it, even though yeah. he feels bad about it. But so when actually faced with the moment the next day at breakfast, he like takes a deep breath and then is like, I'm running late for tennis and runs out. <laughs> so and Fran and Fran goes, Wait, you forgot your balls. And she holds up a can of tennis balls. Um and 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 I and I wrote, Whoa, balls. <laughs> Cause that's like a that's like a pretty racy joke to get away with it on a on a primetime show. But yes, I guess because absolutely. she had the can, it's you're allowed to do that. I, I bet you that I bet you like uh, the censors uh, over at ABC standards were literally yeah standards yeah. and practices were like you got to at least be holding tennis balls. This episode was um, I I had more fun with this episode than the last one, but it was another episode where I felt like we even as you pointed out we like they kind of already did this theme right that like she's good just the way she is. I guess the twist on it in this one is that like. Well, her modern ways are better than like old timey ways. Well, I actually thought that once the episode fully resolved itself, it kind of swung me back over to liking it because I first had that same thought as you had. But then what happens in that scene is once Mr. Sheffield like basically, you know, pussies out and runs away, Fran is the one that stands up and is like, listen, like – I'm sorry. I know you were the nanny back in the day, but I'm the nanny now. And these are my kids and they're going to be raised like my way. And then we have this really unexpected moment where instead of nanny Mueller, who this entire episode has been like, so like tough and hardened and cold, she really softens. And she's like, ah, yes. Like you say they're your kids and you feel like they're your kids, but they're not your kids. And yeah. like eventually they're going to grow up and you're going to have to move on to another family and another family. And like you're going to love all of those kids because you won't be able to help yourself. And yeah. she's like, and then at the end of your life, you're going to find yourself with a lifetime worth of love to give and nobody to take it. Yeah. And it was and like literally the it's audience. It's a beautiful moment. Yeah. Yeah. It was such a good <laughs> moment. Like the audience is like, oh, yeah. and like Fran is also like clearly moved i was literally moved by this but so this completely reframes this previously sure. sort of villainous character of nanny mueller and fran is instantly like oh my god i i completely misunderstood you yeah and they kind of have this moment where like fran takes her in for a hug at which point mr sheffield comes barreling in and he's like i actually did some have something to say like you need to leave nanny mueller and fran like almost slaps him and he's like don't talk to your nanny that way yeah um and basically like completely she does a complete uh 180 on I the mean, nanny mueller i think what this is that is also kind of laying groundwork for which which makes sense springboarding off of the last episode which is the idea that like aside from whatever feelings or attraction she has to Mr. Sheffield you know, we know that she loves these children and now it's sort of laying the groundwork for like, if you don't become a permanent part of their lives in like a larger sense, 
then you will eventually have to move on. And, and you know, I mean, they're not going to need a nanny forever. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 so it's an interesting bit of little groundwork to sort of lay uh, for Fran uh, that they don't they don't like dig into it too hard here, but but it is definitely uh, you know food for thought as she grows like closer to this family and the kids start to get older, you know. And I I, I know that that eventually they they do get married. Um, so spoiler. I like I mean spoilers, <laughs> I guess. But like yeah, it is it's interesting to me that they're already kind of like giving good reason for why she would want to pursue this, you know, out, outside of like, um, that he's like rich. Do we want to move on to our segments? I mean, I feel like that that's kind of the whole episode. Yeah, that's the episode. Let's do segments. And now segments. So segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now segments. Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. <laughs> Best line moments. Um, I already flagged the one where I liked where Fran was like, it's like you're thinking about your parents having sex. Thank God mine never did. But I really liked when Fran comes down the stairs and she, or sorry, comes into breakfast and she's in that full nanny uniform and curtsies and takes her breakfast in another room. Or maybe it was dinner because Cece's there and Cece goes, wow, Nanny Mueller, it's incredible what you've done with Miss Fine. (laughs) Nanny Mueller says, that's nothing. I had a schnauzer that gave me more trouble. (laughs) Um, I liked the line. I think my favorite line was um, he's Maxwell is worried about Nanny Mueller and they're like, you know, um, they're like trying to come up with ideas. And he says, it's the line you were talking about earlier where he was like, Oh, she raised me for heaven's sakes. You know, I feel guilty. I can't just kick her out. And Fran goes, I wouldn't understand guilt. My people invented it, but we made up for it with the sock vaccine and Streisand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, yes. That was a great line. I love that the Jews made up for guilt with the sock vaccine and Barbara Streisand. <laughs> <laughs> um, And actually, you know what, that jumps ahead to the trivia a little bit, um, just because I didn't know what the Sulk vaccine uh, was. So I Googled it and it was the polio vaccine developed by uh, Jonas Jonas Sulk Sulk. in the 1950s. I had no idea. Yeah, we cured polio, baby. Look at us go. Um, And there was actually no Yiddish in this episode. But so I looked up the Yiddish term for jealousy because I think a lot of what Nanny Mueller's motivation was in this episode Mm -hmm. was feeling like what was hers has been taken by somebody else. So that is Mikna. It's spelled M-K-N-A. Mikna. Mikna. Um, And then for Who's the Fran, Who's the Cece? I think I was the CC because I had nannies. You had nannies? Yes, but it was Whoa, not dude, like- you guys rich? No, it was- mm, I, feel like, that's, I feel like that's what someone with a nanny would say. <laughs> though. Like, uh, well, this has been great. This has been, yeah. you know, uh, this, again, this was not one of my favorites. It, it felt a little too like- hammy or contrived or you know they, yeah. they needed a plot line and someone churned out the plot line and um even though well, it's oh, go on. it was like a common thing that i think you see happen in sitcoms even today is when you get like a really solid um guest star like oftentimes like the episode will just revol- revolve around like giving that guest star a lot of fun stuff to do and this episode was definitely all about cloris leachman getting to like chew scenery Mm-hmm. Um, and, and everyone else was just kind of like, 
a bystander. <laughs> it was like, you know, and she was great. And it was very enjoyable. All of those scenes were very enjoyable. But as a whole, it, it very much felt like, oh, this was like the Cloris Leachman episode. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's exactly it. And I bet most people who remember this episode remember it as such. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, um, well, I, think, I think that's I think it. Uh, yeah. I think we've gone and done it. Uh, by Jove. I think we've done it, old man. <laughs> I, I really, he uh, calls him old man a lot. And I really want to start using old man more for like my friends. Okay, Good job, old man. Yeah, old man. Good ah. job, old boy. Ah, old boy. I'm gonna wait until Elizabeth gets home today. I'm gonna be like, ah, oh, good to see you, old ah. boy. <laughs> um, uh. If you are enjoying all of this nonsense and you're liking rewatching the nanny alongside with us, please leave a comment, share it on social media, tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell your parents, uh, pen and teller. And uh, and then also go to uh, anchor.fm slash the nanny pod uh, where you can check out uh, our show on the, the, the page where it's hosted and you can leave us a little message and then we'll play them on the show. I've only just started telling people about this now and I don't know if I've given anyone time to do it. So it might be a while before we get some results. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if no one calls, I'm going to just use funny voices and leave us messages so that it seems like people are listening to us. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely get uh, at least two cousins to call. <laughs> yeah. Um, be like, mom, leave a message for me, please. <laughs> um, all right. Well, again, thank you guys as always. If you want to find me, do it on uh, Twitter. And if you want to find Toria, do it on Instagram at Toria Sheffy with two Y, two <laughs> two Fs and a Y. Yeah. Also, you uh, said... You said it like DeWitter instead of Twitter. Yeah, I'm on DeWitter. I don't like Twitter. I'm against it. J- Jack sucks. I like DeWitter. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, this is another uh, excellent episode, and we cannot wait to see you uh, next week. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> the Flushing Girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. <laughs> <laughs>